0: Hello and good evening everyone. It is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton. I'm here with my good friend tonight, Dustin, the personal finance dad. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Eric. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of the show tonight. I want to say thanks uh, and we appreciate the support of Dynasty Breaks. Go check them out at DynastyBreaks.com. You saw them in the intro. New customers get $5 off there. And then Pastime Marketplace. Of course, if you use code Beckett10, you can get 10% off your uh, order at Peck pastimemarketplace.com I was getting tongue tied there, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Man, excited to have you on. Uh, we tried this last week, had some challenges, but we get we're here this week. Happy you're here. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about all things collecting and in the hobby and finance because I'm maybe I'll learn something. But uh, just please introduce yourself for those who might not uh, know who you are.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm Dustin. I started the the personal finance dad YouTube channel March, 2020. So kind of when everything was going down mm. pandemic wise, it was, um, you know, I think it just kind of hit me and it was like, man, I, I've been watching some other channels and I was like, you know, I should give this a shot. I think it would be a fun thing to do. Just kind of see where it goes. And um, it's it's been a fun ride. The last 18 months have been, have been a good time. Um, and I've met a lot of great a lot of great people along the way, and just kind of documented my my hobby journey getting back. And I got back in uh, first quarter about two thousand eighteen, like January, February two thousand eighteen. And I of course collected as a kid, um, but but after you know after been I've been in it for a few years, um, just having a great time and meeting
0: new people all the time. It's great. I, 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 that's you know really the best part of the hobby. I love. I have a love hate relationship with with social media. I think we all do, but yeah. the way the hobby comes together on social media is really cool and i and i use the term the hobby pretty loosely because it can mean a great many things right so it, you know you could be comic book collectors you could be card collectors you could be video game collectors which we'll, we'll talk about later on but uh i love how everybody just seems so genuine towards each other you there's a few knuckleheads heads here and there but it's still pretty cool to to uh meet people Via social media and then, you know, go to the Chicago national or go to the national next year in New Jersey and be like, Oh, I remember you, you're, you know, you're, you're 90s b-ball cards. What's up, Jake? You know, that kind of stuff. That's really fun. Yep. Uh, and I I love that you, you, you started your channel there towards the beginning of the pandemic. What a perfect time uh, with, with the last dance premiering. I'm sure that that kind of helped, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it was a combination of the pandemic and then, yeah, you're right, last dance. And then also I was just t- about to turn, was I turning 39 or 40? I think I was, I was turning 39. But anyway, it was close enough to 40 where kind of like my midlife crisis, you know, maybe was kind of hitting where I'm like, all right, you know, I'm halfway, like I got to do some, I got to try some things, you know, <laughs> I got to put myself out there. I think this would be fun. So, yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit about, uh, you said you got back in in tw- 2018. What brought you back in?
1: Yeah. So it was more of um, curiosity. Um, I was on eBay looking, I, I can't remember what I was looking for, but it w- had nothing to do with collectibles or cards. I was kind of on eBay mm-hmm. and I noticed that cards were, there was just a lot of cards being sold on eBay. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. And I actually, what was what was kind of funny about it is in 2018, um, I looked at sports cards and I was like, okay, it looks like there's some, some price variance. And I was trying to understand the grading. That, that whole thing was brand new to me. So okay. I saw PSA and I'm like, what's PSA? And then Beckett, you know, I saw BGS. I'm like, all right, well, I want, I want BGS and I actually made the mistake too of buying, um, oh, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but just kind of a learning experience of like the BCCG, mm-hmm. not understanding the difference between like BCCG, BGS, BVG, you know, yeah. et cetera. So, but just trying to understand the whole grading piece was like, What? Like, why are these cards in slabs? You know, like I didn't get it. Right, And then um, so I dabbled in that. I bought like, you know, Joe Montana rookies. I bought Bo Bo Jackson rookies, just things that as a kid, I bought a Jim Brown rookie card, like stuff as a kid that was just like way out, like I would never be able to afford it, just thought it was always cool. Uh, got a couple of, like LeBron James rookies, but I really actually kind of segged off of that into graded comic books because there's a mm. lot of speculation on Marvel movies and different things. So, and I saw some, some volatility in the comic book stuff. So I actually, I did, I did get into cards, but I was also pretty deep into comics too, where I was buying key comics, buying, selling, and that was kind of fun. And then I circled back around the cards. I never kind of like left it, but I was
0: dabbling in a few different things. Comic books is a dangerous place to be because, uh, at least for me personally, and I, I think other people can relate to this as well. You you hone in on a character and all of a sudden you've got 90 books that you don't know what to do with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, graded comic books, uh, we've we've discussed this uh, in the past on the show. They, the graded comic book community seems to be a, about a year and a half, maybe two years behind what cards are, but it's really starting to ramp up. And now, right now, you know, we we have Eternals that came out today and, and, uh, you know, Hawkeye is releasing on Thanksgiving Day, I think. And it's just, it's really starting to pick up here towards the end of the year. And I wouldn't uh, be shocked that in the beginning of 2022, that uh, there's just not like a full blown comic explosion like there was with sports cards during the pandemic. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. I mean, the one thing I learned about graded comic books, so you have to
1: be careful of, is the, the the big time comic book collectors or just the people that are speculating, they're mm-hmm. getting way ahead of a lot of this stuff. So they're already, yeah. you know, the ones that read the books, they're like, okay, I think they're going to go with the Secret Wars storyline. So then they're going all in on certain books that maybe the average collector slash investor isn't aware of. And so a lot of times those spec books, they're getting eaten <laughs> up You know, Mm -hmm. like, for example, when I got back in um, Fantastic Four, 48 to 52, Mm -hmm. uh, really 48 to 50. But because 52 is first appearance of Black Panther. So that was already kind of taken off. But the first appearance of Galactus and that whole storyline is 48 to 50. Mm -hmm. And those books were already getting expensive. So it's like a lot of times, too, um, you have to just get way ahead of it. And a lot of times those books will sink in price, too, when the trailer hits. Right. So, you, so once the movie's been announced and then the trailers start coming out, you're almost too late at yeah. that point. If, if, you're specu- if you're speculating, if you're a collector, then, then you're collecting and that's fine. If, if you're a long-term hold, you know, then that's different. But if you're trying to like flip or buy, sell, then you got to be careful with that.
0: You, you know, just to, to speak to that, it's it's easier to do with the bigger books, you know, with the bigger franchises. But when these uh, independent books or smaller smaller press books come out, and all of a sudden, Netflix picks it up and it's a show. If you haven't bought those those smaller books, a good example is Sweet Tooth that came out this year. If you weren't on Sweet Tooth back when Robert Downey Jr. was on Sweet Tooth, you're <laughs> too late. It's, it's too much. Or, or Invincible yeah. that came out on Amazon Prime. That came out in 2001, 2002 or something like that. It might be 2003. That book number one is $1,000 raw. And like if it, And if it's graded, it just goes up from there. It's it's a it's a yeah. funny, funny space to be operating in. Uh, but I'm I'm glad to be speaking to somebody who knows a little something about it because it it's mm-hmm. like I said, it's a dangerous space if you don't know what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's why I think too, it's it's kind of similar to cards where a lot of times I find myself just buying like vintage stuff to where it's like if I'm if I if I get in at a good price and it happens to go up and and I want to sell it in a year and maybe I can make a little bit great. But if I'm still holding on to that autogram rookie card or whatever, mm-hmm. if I'm still, you know, I'm like I'm okay holding on to that. And with comics, I've started to do that a little bit with like Silver Age, Golden Age, like, um, you know, Batman books with like Joker appearances or like mm-hmm. Riddler, you know, because it's like it's a 60-year-old comic. You know, if I, if I feel like I'm getting in at a good price, you know, then, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's not as much volatility there to where it's like, I, I always look at my downside for everything. It's like, am I going to be – do I think I can lose this $200 over time, you know, or am I okay? And, and if I lost 200, would, would I still think it's cool?
0: Sure. Yeah. That, that's a good way to approach it. Uh, since we're talking about comic books and, and not uh, sports things right now, I want to ask about video games too, because I know that you started a whole different or a whole separate uh, video game channel, uh, YouTube channel. And yeah. before we came on air, you were showing me some great uh, graded, Copies of some games, yeah. and this is total nostalgia for for. I, I'm gonna guess you're around 41 years old. Is that is that about right? I'm 40. Yeah, I'm you're 40. I'm
1: 40 and a half. You're so, 40.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm 42. So this is like right up my alley. And I was yeah. there's a a huge video game auction coming up on Heritage if it hasn't already started. Where did where did this start? Because I feel like this is something that uh, I could get in a lot of trouble with it as well.
1: Oh, but yes. Yeah. They, they, they can be very expensive. Yeah, you're right. Um, and even with with um, with the video game. So you're you're talking about either sealed games or complete in box. Those are kind of the two. And there's there's tons of variants variants in between those. But complete in box is a game that was opened. It, it was probably played or maybe it wasn't played, but it's complete in the sense that it's got the cartridge. It's got a manual and it's got the box. OK, well, the tough thing that with these is a lot of times it's difficult to find you find them in good shape you know so some of the higher grade CIBs are still fairly expensive because it's it's the box art that people care about and it's the manuals you'd be surprised like the manuals you know are are um, difficult to find in good shape and they grade it they grade out the box hmm. I'll see if I can show this to you I don't know if you can see this the box the cart the manual, and then there's an overall grade there Okay, next to okay. it. So it's kind of like subgrades, you know, like BGS mm. does their subgrades. WADA does that. VGA is the other kind of main grading company and they don't do subgrades. So they just kind of mm. give like a set grade. Um, I, I think there's a preference to WADA, but VGA is reputable as well. There's not necessarily a, you know, one's better than the other type thing, but um, WADA gives more information on the label, you know, so there's, it, it'll say, you know, First game in the Legend of Zelda series. First appearance of Link, Princess Zelda, and Ganon. You know, so it's giving some more details there. Um, for someone that's buying, you know, especially like Legend of Zelda, you might know, but if it's like Little Samson or if it's a game that maybe you're not exactly sure, is that the first one? Is it the second one? Mm-hmm. The other thing that's interesting is there's that people care about are the different print runs. So it's like you have this Legend of Zelda Was it, was it uh, like a first print? Was it a second print? Was it like the fifth edition? And, and there's a a way that they have, you know, that they look at all that stuff and grade it Mm -hmm. out. So you'll see that where it's like, it's almost similar to like, um, original books. Like, I don't know if you've ever, you've ever looked into that, but like first edition books or second edition or whatever. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, what is is a three-year-old grading company, you know, so mm. it's not as if, this isn't some long-standing thing. It's, sure, and they, and they don't have population reports. Oh, wow. Neither company has population reports. So that, that's another thing where, you know, when I buy these, I, I'm buying stuff that I like that, you know, it's like, it's, it's gotta be something that I just enjoy. And they're, mm-hmm. they're good, they're good display pieces as well. And I'm not, and I'm not like breaking the bank on a lot of this stuff.
0: Sure. Ziggy asked a question and it's it's a good question I think uh would you would you buy current and modern games and stash them away uh for future investment opportunities or or grading opportunities like Call of Duty or Madden or anything like that yeah for me I kind of
1: look at it the same way as ultra modern sports cards to where you know it's These it's kind of funny. These are like vintage video games, which is sounds weird because when you think of like vintage sports cards, that's going back to like the 1800s, 19, you know, early 1900s, like basically the games that we were growing up on are like the OG vintage games. Um, I'm not as much into the the ultra modern modern stuff. There are people doing that. There are people that are buying brand new sealed Switch games and then they're getting them graded and they're going to sit on them, you know, but it's just like. Is it is it going to be collectible if everyone's already doing that? I mean, sure. the reason why the reason why these are collectible is because no one kept them. Like no one could no one kept the boxes, you know, no everyone, everyone opened it. You know, there's not a lot of these sealed games because everyone opened the games to play them. They didn't mm-hmm. think to I saw one lady that had found <laughs> this is kind of funny. There was a lady that found a sealed Legend of Zelda game. She accidentally she bought it for like a kid's birthday, forgot about it. It was in like the attic for like you know 35 years and then found it in like a macy's bag you know it was like it was just a sealed zelda game you know and, and she ended up grading it and selling it for six oh. figures or something you know it was like eighty thousand dollars or whatever
0: wow it's crazy ziggy yeah. wants to know if beckett grades video games no ziggy we do not uh grade video games that's pretty cool though my son is yelling at me lucas come here please um <laughs> <laughs> so uh i that, i'm gonna piggyback off of ziggy's question there um With Like, I have an unopened copy of Madden 2021 in in the living room. Like, do the rookies on said game count for anything, or is that just an afterthought? Are you talking about first appearance of a game, like the first game in a series? We'll we'll say, like, say my Madden 21 in there has the the entire rookie class from last year. So does that rookie class make it better, or or does it matter?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I guess that's something that that we would – you know, it's something down the road that maybe will become important. It, mm-hmm. That That's that's an interesting thought. I mean, I know that like the first Madden game in the series or kind of those early Madden games are very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's you know, if you had like 2017 Madden with like Mahomes as a rookie, you yeah. know, it, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen where that game gets a premium over other games. But that's an interesting point. You know, if that crosses over over. I mean, who knows, like over time, yeah. maybe that
0: could be a thing. That's that's an interesting uh, thing to think about, maybe. Uh, Ziggy also makes a good point here. I think the future will have zero games because of downloadable games. And so I guess that makes yeah. these all, all of these collectible at some point then because of, uh, you know, downloads are definitely the way that, that, that things are going uh, in the future. So I want to know about uh, the finance part of your name. Where does that come in at?
1: yeah, I mean, with my channel, well, first off, um, when I was trying to come up with a name, I was trying to make it very general to where I could talk about a lot of different different topics on the channel and because the plan was to have it over a long period of time. So okay. if I'm an eighty year old man, you know, maybe I'm talking about something that's related to personal finance. Mm-hmm. Now, as I got to understanding YouTube a little bit better, does it make sense for me to talk about 20 different subjects on the same channel? Probably not. I don't think it it doesn't help as far as the algorithm and everything goes, but I do try to talk about, you know, the finance side of sports cards. So I do talk a lot about the business side of it. I talk a lot about, um, you know, investing is kind of a, you know, it's thrown around. I don't necessarily, you know, talk investing. I'm I'm, I would say I'm a hybrid between collector and investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a collector. I'm going to hold a lot of stuff long term, but I also care about the value of the stuff, you know, so I don't have unlimited funds to where and I've got a family, my my wife, uh, <laughs> if I told my wife, like, hey, you know, I know I spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on on cards, and they're not worth anything, she'd be like, but why, you know, why wouldn't you kind of think about that? Why Why wouldn't you do it a little bit differently? So, I'm buying stuff that I think is awesome, but that I also believe can appreciate over time. I don't need it to be 10Xing or to the moon or whatever. I would just like to see, you know, kind of those incremental gains over time. You know, that's, and I think that would be awesome.
0: I think that's really uh, how we should all be approaching it. I don't know that we all are, though. It's definitely a, a kind of a doggy dog world out there uh, in the hobby right now. Everybody's trying to get the best of what they can right now. Do you, so I got to ask though, the hobby's kind of cooled off a little bit, right? Since since the pandemic, and you know, things are uh, things are kind of coming back down to earth. Uh, I'm not asking you to go all Vegas, Dave, and tell tell everybody that it's imploding and we're all going to be broken <laughs> in three years. But uh, you know, what what are your personal views on uh, what's happening right now?
1: Well, I think it was probably a much needed kind of correction, if that's what you know. It's kind of the crash correction, however you want to look at it. I do think that you've had years of kind of people that have been in the business of buying raw to grade and making a lot of money, you know, on that secondary market. And now what you're kind of seeing is from from my vantage point, you're seeing companies that are seeing that secondary market and they're Mm -hmm. saying, wait a second, there's a lot of people making a lot of money on that secondary market. How can we get a piece of that pie? You Mm -hmm. know? And so you have a lot of new business that's coming in and, and taking little bits of it and, you know, and that's, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, the the easy flipping money that maybe you probably saw over the last few years is is slowing down. I don't know. The thing that's kind of like one big wild card is, you know, PSA has been closed. Uh, BGS has been slow. Like everyone's been slowed down. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of what happens when the grading companies are able to get caught up because does it then kind of start that trend again where people are able to go ahead and buy raw, grade, sell? And maybe they're not selling for triple, quadruple, five times, whatever. But even if they're getting a decent return, it's still a viable business, you know, for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. And so that's kind of the thing. I'm in wait and see mode on that part, Um, you know, but, you know, I think the days of $8 grading or $12 bulk subs or whatever, you know, I mean, and I don't even know if it should be that inexpensive to grade cards. I almost feel like it should be more money than that you know, to grade a card.
0: Right. We, I had this conversation last week uh, with some, with all those in the building uh, and we were just discussing grading in general, the, uh, you know, the, the backup when, you know, when things, when things going to open up, I don't know those answers, but I know that not everybody needs to grade base Michael Jordan cards. I, you know, or your, your base, rookie from 2017 cards it, it doesn't need to happen and that on a whole is what caused uh the backlog i that's what i personally think and you're right uh ten dollar subs twelve dollar subs eight dollar bulk subs i don't think you'll ever see those again i think those were gone and i think that uh it should cost i'm not saying that it should cost thousands of dollars to great cards but it should be, there should be a premium to it to 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 try and um detour people from submitting stuff that just doesn't need to be submitted. Does that, does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's, you know, it's, it's a fine line. It's tough because you don't want to mm-hmm. tell anybody like that, you know, like what you should, you know, you're telling a collector essentially like you shouldn't be able to grade that card. And they're like, but I just want to keep it protected or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I understand the, the dilemma, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to see, we're, we're already seeing an avalanche of slabs coming into the market. And mm-hmm. I think that, it will force people to be more careful with their money, I think, and really kind of decide, you know, do I want to go with more scarce stuff right out of the gate as opposed to, you know, base cards. Um, there, there's always a place for base cards obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that it's going to make people really rethink their buys and their sells and all that, which I, I don't think that's a bad thing.
0: I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all, uh, at all. So, um, what's, uh, we're, we're starting to wrap things up here. we got, we're down, about the last five minutes. We're going to get into the final five in just a moment. What do you think, uh, your best piece of advice in is going forward. Uh, what, what, How are you approaching this other than what you've already said about buying stuff that you think is going to be uh, valuable in the future? You know, obviously it's cool stuff, but you, th- you think it holds value. What about the new guys that's just coming in that maybe wants to spend a thousand dollars out of the gate on a product?
1: Yeah. Well, that's tricky. Cause everyone's got different goals, I think, mm-hmm. but I think for for me, I just try to make sure that it's something that that I really enjoy. Is it at a price point to where if I got stuck with it, you know, am I happy with it? You know, so that's the you know, I think that you can get into trouble where there's an expectation like, oh, I'm buying this for the sole purpose of selling this when the season starts or when the season ends or whatever you know, you're, you're really kind of rolling the dice, you know, with, with that. Um, not to say there's not arbitrage to be had because there, there is in sports cards, but there isn't a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but for me, I'm buying a lot of nostalgic type stuff that I, that I just really enjoy that it's, it's got to have kind of that double head that, you know, the, the two tiers to where it's like, I think it's awesome, but I also think that it's got the,
0: the chance of, of going up in value. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Dustin, we're going to start the final five now. So guys in the comment okay. section, go ahead and please play along. Before we do that, though, I'm going to shuffle these cards. I need you to give everybody your social media, your YouTube channel, your YouTube handle so they can give you a follow.
1: Um, Yeah, the YouTube channel is The Personal Finance Dad. Um, What is my Instagram? It's, it's at The Personal Finance Dad. Okay. And then, yeah, I've got a Twitter too, but I think it's, it's at
0: PFDYT. Yeah, yeah, YT channel. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's all right all right here we go final five this is from my pod decks what the heck deck we're gonna have some fun with these here we go question number one guys in the comments section play along what's the longest you have ever waited in line for something and what was it
1: oh my gosh i'm just pulling this off the top of my head but sure. in 2000 when i was in high school i stayed the night this i was a senior in high school i slept overnight at the movie theater to buy star wars tickets (laughs) no, so that i could say and and i was trying to resell i was trying to like buy to resell the star wars tickets and then i ended up getting the front of the line and i I only could buy like three or four of them and it was like a a total waste but i did get to see star wars early i got to see one of the early showings
0: and one of those disappointing ones too right not the good ones
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it was the, the phantom menace wasn't one of the best ones in my opinion but what can you do
0: Uh, Ziggy says sports cards overnight at a target. He, he waited in line for sports cards overnight. That's crazy. I think the longest I've ever waited in line for something was a hamburger at Whataburger. I don't know if you have Whataburger out there in North Carolina, but uh, yeah, we, we do here in Texas and I waited in line for one of those. Uh, All right. Next, next question. Do you have a favorite number and any particular, why that uh, number is your favorite?
1: I don't really have a superstitious number. Um, which ones do we... I think our, as a family, it's 3, 7, and 8. Okay. I know it's going to sound weird, but 3, 7, and 8 are kind of our numbers that we stick to. My, my wife's big on odd numbers. I think that might be an Italian thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> Something with odd numbers are lucky. So I think that her hers is 3. and So yeah, um, 3 and 7.
0: Okay. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, what would be the absolute worst name you could give your child
1: oh man worst name I could give my child Johnny Cash was a boy named Sue so the worst name I could give my child it would be I'm trying to think of, a, of an athlete I don't really care for I almost <laughs> said, I almost said Tom Brady because he's the QB of the bucks but <sighs> I collect Tom Brady so I can't and, and I and I like Tom Brady it's just he's a buck yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with Devin White, Devin White, linebacker for yeah. the Bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just tore Jameis Winston's ACL, so I'm upset yes, with
0: him. He did. He <laughs> did. Angel Muffin. That's a bad one. Angel Muffin. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Q, that was a good one from Star Trek. All right. What slogan or jingle has been stuck in your head forever?
1: Uh. Just like the nostalgic, like Toys R Us. I'm oh, a yeah. Toys R Us kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
0: a that's a perfect one. Uh <laughs> I think the well, we're again, we're the same age, so where's the beef gets kind of you know brought up a lot in, in the household. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you guys are too young to know what where's the beef is, just know that that lady was angry and hungry. Um Last question of the final five, and I love it when this one comes up randomly. Have you ever licked a battery?
1: I think I have. Come yeah, I on. think I have. I haven't done it recently, but I don't want to say no because I'm pretty sure I have in my lifetime. Yeah.
0: Everybody's licked a battery. When I asked that before in oh, the younger generation, it's like, what are you talking about? Look, when you're when you're forty something, uh, you hadn't you didn't maybe have a lot to do when you were a kid, so you licked a battery. It, it happens from time to time. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Go enjoy your evening. If you can hang out backstage with me uh, just for a moment and everybody else, that's going to be it. I am heading to Toronto for the uh, Toronto Sports Card Expo. I might have one live show next week. Everything else is going to be recorded until I get to uh, to the floor. So be looking for those. Thank you for your time. Good night. God bless. Have a blessed weekend.
1: Thanks, guys.